welcome to our One Change series. As you can see that we have this whole biking theme and we're just excited as to what God is going to do in our midst and uh, as we take the journey of life, as we get on our bikes and we ride. Now, throughout this whole series, we're going to be looking at seven key areas of your life. We're talking about your, your spiritual health, your physical health, your mental and emotional health. We're going to be talking about transforming the way you think, transforming the way you feel, transforming the way you look and use money. We're going to be looking at transforming our relationships or our relational health, looking at how you worship, and all of these things we're going to start looking at next week. But first, we've been presenting to you a series of foundational messages that are going to get you ready for that change and for that transformation. The first week was all about initiating change and how you go about actually doing that and why that is important. Last week, we talked to you about the importance of developing a life support system. And this week, we're going to talk about setting goals, setting personal goals. But here's the key, setting personal goals by faith, which is another foundational message that is going to get you ready for the coming weeks. Now, as we talk about goals, as I speak about goals, I know that that's not new to any of you out there because we all have goals. I mean, some people call them resolutions. Some people call them ambitions or life missions, objectives, targets. In fact, right about this time of year, we're all coming to the realization of some of our New Year's resolutions, right? Because statistically, half of those have failed. Like in my case, I joined the gym. That was my New Year's resolution. And so far, I've lost like 25 to, I think it's right about, I think I've lost about 30 bucks a month. That, that's what it, what, that's what it's, that sounds about right, really. The point is that we all have goals. I mean, we have daily goals, annual goals, life goals. I mean, they're all important. And the truth is that you're either going to go through life by design or by default. You're either going to set goals and you're going to decide what's important in your life, or you're going to let somebody else decide it for you. Now, if you don't have goals in your life, you're basically abdicating control of your life to somebody else and catch it to some other things as well. And if you don't have goals for your life, I mean, really, you're not really living. You're just reacting. You're just being reactionary. And if you don't have clear goals in your life, you're just coasting through life. And you guys know what happens when we coast through life. That means that you're either you're drifting, you're coasting. That means that you're, you have to be going downhill. There's no other way to coast in life unless you're going downhill. So setting goals in every area of your life is very important. I mean, just think with me for a minute of just how important it is for an elite athlete to set goals. You guys see our theme. Our theme is about the life of the journey of life and getting on your bike and all the observing all the road signs and paying attention. But it makes me think of the Tour de France. Has anybody ever looked into that, that race or, or studied it? I was, I was fascinated. I'm mesmerized by that, by that race now, and I'm going to pay a lot closer attention now. But think about it for a second with me. If you were training for the Tour de France, if you were going to be one of those elite athletes, that means that you're going to get your bodies ready for a 21 consecutive day race. And you're going to bike 2,200 miles. That is like biking from Las Vegas as fast as you can all the way to New York City. Now, the highest climb you're going to endure during this race, that's not the only climb, but the highest climb is going to be over 8,600 feet. And the average participant or the average racer in the Tour de France, catch this, has to consume 6,000 calories a day. Now, I did the math. That is about 
13 In-N-Out animal-style cheeseburgers, <laughs> or about 13, um, or about nine double-doubles, but think about it, how, how great does that sound to some of you? I mean, like, to be able to eat that much during a day, except that if you eat that, and if these athletes eat that, their bodies aren't going anywhere. So they have to consume 6,000 healthy calories a day. Now, these guys are in such great shape that their goal is to, to get their, their resting heart rate to 32 beats per minute, BPMs. To put that into perspective, the average BPM in this room is an average of about between 60 and 70 BPM. That's how good a shape these guys are. Another one of their goals is to get their lung capacity to be double the size of anybody in these rooms. And even with those goals, this, this is um, amazing to me, even with those goals, they only have about a 60% chance of a successful race. That means that 40% of them don't even finish or complete the Tour de France. Now think about how much more important is our journey of life? How much more important is our race of life? How much more should we focus on setting goals to get prepared for success and to just so that we can cross the finish line? For us as Christians, that should be eternity, right? You know, in fact, the Bible says that Goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. It is a spiritual discipline that reveals your spiritual maturity. We know that God set goals. God had goals for the universe, for, for planet Earth, for history, and he has goals for you and for me. And the Bible tells us that Jesus set goals. In fact, Jesus walked around publicly stating what his goals were going to be. And he says, now I'm going to go here, and this is my next goal for this you know, phase of ministry in my life. So Jesus had goals, and every person who walked with Jesus was goal-oriented. Let me give you one example, and it comes from our key text this morning, and this is the Apostle Paul. In Philippians chapter 3, he says, I know that I am not yet what, God's wants, what God wants me to be. Anybody uh, want to agree with that this morning, like me? I know that I am not yet what God wants me to be. I haven't reached that goal but I keep moving toward it to make it mine because Christ made me and saved me for this. I know that I haven't yet reached my goal, but there's one thing I always do, forgetting the past and straining towards what is ahead. I keep my eyes focused on the goal so that I may one day win the prize that God has called me to receive through Christ in the life above. All of you who are spiritually mature, listen to this, should think the same way too. Do you guys think that Paul was goal-oriented? He says, I haven't reached that goal, and yes, my eyes are focused on the goal, and, and if you are spiritually mature, you should do the same thing. So setting goals is, are, is very important because it is a spiritual responsibility. That's what Paul said, and he's one of the greatest Christians who ever lived besides Jesus Christ himself. And goals are going to be so important in, in our lives, especially if we want to affect change, if we want to initiate change, if we want to maintain that change, goals are going to be important because they are statements of faith. Goals are statements of faith. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, goals, isn't that like a business thing or isn't that a secular thing or isn't that like what I just talked about, something that athletes do? Well, goals are a spiritual habit that need to be developed by you and I because they are statements of faith. In other words, 
If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you set a goal, you're basically saying, I believe, that's faith, that God, I believe that God wants me to accomplish such and such by such and such a date. That is a statement of faith, and a goal is a statement of faith. You know, and, and goals are, not only are they statements of faith, but, but they also tend to stretch our faith. And the bigger your goal, the more faith it's going to be stretched. And that, folks, pleases God. In fact, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you don't have any goals, that means you don't need any faith. And if you don't need any faith, the Bible says that it is impossible to please God. In fact, in Romans chapter 14, it says that everything that does not come from faith is sin. So if I'm going through life with, without any goals, I mean, that means I'm not going to take any risks. And if I don't take any risk, I'm not, I don't need faith again. And if I don't have faith, then I'm being unfaithful, and the Bible calls that a sin. So you guys are starting to see how important setting goals for your life is, and I mean in every single area of your life. Let me give you one goal-stretching verse that we can start with. Ephesians 3 from Paul again. He says, God can do anything. Just let that sink in for a minute. God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or dare to request in your wildest dreams. And I don't know about you, but I can imagine some pretty big things. And God is saying here, Carlos, take that, and I can do far more than you could imagine, guess, or dare to dream about. So let the size of your God determine the size of your goal. Big God, big goal. Tiny God, tiny, go uh, tiny goals, and obviously no God, no goal. So let the size of your God determine the size of your goal. And really what, what I want to tell you this morning, or what I want to challenge you with this morning is that I just want to dare you to dream big. And I want you and I, to, I mean, to join me, and, and at least for me, I can talk about me, and stop thinking things like, you know, I, I'm, I'm either too old or I'm too young or I'm not pretty enough or I'm not good enough and, you know, whatever. Stop all the arguments and start dreaming what God could do in your life if you would just trust Him and set goals by faith. Now, here's the cool thing about that. Dreaming doesn't cost a thing. You can dream great big dreams and start to dream about, what if you had big dreams? What would God do in your career? And what if I dream about what God would do in my finances and, and about even my relationship with God? I mean, how do I want to look? How do I want to feel? Start having some of these big dreams. The fact is that we overestimate what we can do in a year, and we definitely underestimate what we can do in 10 so instead of thinking small, tiny goals and, and you try to accomplish them all instantly because we all want that instant gratification, my challenge is for you to get a, a big goal for your life and then you spend the rest of your life going after it. And then what you do is that you take all of those dreams and then you turn them into goals and you do that by putting a deadline on them. That is how you turn dreams into goals. You just say, hey, this is what I want to accomplish by 2020, 2030, and so on and so on. Because if you don't have a date, folks, if you don't put a deadline in those goals, it's just going to remain a dream. And here's what the Bible says in Matthew 9. According to your faith, let it be done to you. God says you get to choose 
how much I bless your life, how much I transform your life. Great faith will bring about great transformation. Nothing happens in your life until you start dreaming. God says that you get to choose, and according to your faith, it will be done to you. So over the coming weeks, we're going to encourage you to start dreaming and start setting goals by faith. And we're going to ask you to consider at least one per week, maybe even more. We're going to encourage you to set goals that are going to require some big dreams. Goals so big that if you're bound by your, your own nature or your own limitations and don't require God, they're going to fail. You know, goals that will make you go out on a limb. And by the way, don't ever be afraid to go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is. You guys ever find fruit on a tree trunk? I never have. Because you don't get fruit by playing it safe because the fruit is out on a limb. So goals are a statement of faith, but they're also there to focus your energy. They focus my energy. And another reason why you need goals in every area of your life is so just so you can do just that, that you might be able to focus your energy so that you won't be spending time wasting your time or your money or your, your reputation or your energy. They keep you focused. And focus is the key to an effective life. It's not the, the 50 things that you may dabble in because we all have to-do lists and we all have things that we juggle up in the air. No, it is the one thing that you do the more you focus your life, the more powerful, the more effective your life is going to be. If you spread it out and you diffuse it over a whole bunch of different things, the harder it is, we know this, the harder it is to make an impact at all. But if you focus your life, it's going to be more powerful, it's going to be strong, and frankly, folks, it could change the world. It's kind of like when you were a kid. You guys remember the, the magnifying glasses and how you would use the sunlight to focus it on something and you would, you would be able to burn something like that? Anybody do that as a kid? Okay, anybody burn any insects? Mean people. I did it too, but anyway. It's the same thing. It's like when we use our goals and we are able to focus it on one area, we could, we could start a fire. We could start a blaze. And if we don't do that, the, the importance of this is that if we don't do that, we we are going to get distracted. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time convincing you that we can easily get distracted as a society. Everybody agrees with that, right? Because there's a lot of things that can distract us. I mean, we can spend our life, we can waste our life, we can invest our whole life. But the greatest use of our life is to invest it in that which is going to outlast it. Now, we know that we don't have time to do everything. But the good news this morning is that God doesn't really expect you to do everything because not everything is worth doing. So the key to an effective life as a man or a woman of God is to do what matters the most and to forget everything else. And goals help us to do that. They focus my life. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who is hitting something and not just the air. Meaning I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm, I'm, I'm working out to do something. He says, I'm not playing around here. When I fight, I fight to win. When I race, I run to win. He says, I want to win. He says, I want my life to bring honor and glory to God. I don't run just for the heck of it. I run with a goal. He's also saying, stop running without a goal. Don't get caught up in the rat race because you may just win it. 
And do you guys know what they call somebody who wins the rat race? I don't know either, but it's still a rat. Think about that. Goals are a statement of faith. They focus your energy, but they also keep you going, which is such an important thing because we all need help in keeping going. Goals give us hope. They give us hope to endure, hope to persist. You know, my mom used to say, in Spanish, of course, but I'll translate it for you. She used to say, what do you do when you're going through hell? You just keep going. That's what you do. You don't hang out in hell. You don't camp out and you stay overnight. No, when you're going through hell, through hell you, you just keep going. And the way that you do that is that you look at goals that are beyond that hell. The Bible says that Jesus had to endure the cross, and he did it by looking at the goal and the glory that was set before him. He looked beyond the pain to the payoff. And that's what we need to do as well. The Bible says that God wants us to have hope. If, if you don't have a goal in your life, any goals in your life, you don't really have any reasons to do much of anything, maybe not even get out of bed. And look at what Job says. As he was going through a lot, he says, I don't have the strength to endure. Anybody ever feel like that? That, we, that life is difficult and we just don't have the strength to endure? He says, I don't have the strength to endure. And you know why he says that? Look at the next sentence. Because I don't have a goal that encourages me to carry on. So we need goals to keep us going. You know, sometimes it feels like we don't have the strength to keep going. And it is the goals that we say that are going to help us to keep on. I mean, if you were to ask, I'm just going to be honest about myself as a pastor, but if you were to ask probably almost every other pastor, you know, how many times they feel like giving up as a pastor, they probably answer, and I can answer probably about pretty much every single Monday or maybe every other Monday that you feel like it. You know, because sometimes you preach and you're emotionally spent, and then on Monday, you do what I call Monday morning quarterbacks, which you spend time, you know, going over everything that you could have done differently, and I start thinking, you know, maybe I could have said that differently or, or done this, or, you know, and then it goes from that to like, well, maybe somebody else can do a better job than this, and then it goes from that to like, God, just find somebody else to do this, you know? And then I start singing, no one likes me, everybody hates me, I think I'll go eat worms, and it gets to that point. But you keep on keeping on because, for me, because I have goals. I've set goals. I, I, I love being able to plant the church and helping plant the church and with you guys to plant the church. I love getting people to the missions field. Those are my goals. That's what keeps me going in spite of all the things that get in the way. When you have a long-term goal, long-term goals keep you from being discouraged from something that happens to us all the time, and that's short-term setbacks. Because we all have setbacks. We all blow it. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has failures. In fact, failure is the only way to succeed. You cannot succeed in life without failing because that's how we learn what works and what doesn't work. So next time you fail, don't call it failure. Call it education which means that I'm highly educated. That's what that means. I'm going to tell you about one of, one of my goals, just so, to just let you know how I use it to just keep me going, to, which is one of the things I'm talking about here. At the age, of, I know it's not going to look like it, but at the age of 40, my goal was to run a marathon, and I did that. And by the age of 41, my goal was to just run the amount of minutes of my birthday on my birthday, which means like next month is my birthday. You guys can bring me gifts if you want. 
But on my birthday, I'm going to turn 49, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to run 49 minutes. That's my goal that I set at the age of 41. And I hope to do that. Uh, Shirley was making fun of me at the first service, and you're going to be out on a walker trying to run at the age of you know, 80 or whatever. And like, I hope so. I hope I get to do that. But the reason I set that goal is because I knew that on my birthday, I was going to run a pretty good amount of minutes. And if I didn't work out during the year, I was probably going to run the risk of dying on my birthday, and I didn't want that. So my goal is to just to try to keep in somewhat of a shape so that, somewhat shape so that I can go out and take that goal. But talk about setbacks. I mean, honestly, there was years when I would go out there and I hadn't been running or doing anything, and I would try to go out and do, you know, 45, 46 minutes on my birthday, and I would, I would be so discouraged. And I would be tempted to quit. And, and I would tell myself, like, that was the dumbest goal that you ever set in your life. You know, why did you even do that? But the thing that kept me going, is, as simple as it sounds, is that I had that goal to do it for the rest of my life as long as I could do it. And as long as nothing stopped me, there was years that I had foot pain and there's years that other, you guys know this, I mean, there's pains all over the place as you get older and you got to keep going, you got to persevere. And the only way to do that is to have a goal for me in its simplicity was simply saying, I'm just going to run on my birthday the amount of minutes. That also tells you that a goal doesn't have to be so big and it doesn't have to be that important. It's just... These goals are just getting you on your way. And as Job said, I have to have a goal to encourage me to carry on. And I'm also sharing that with you this morning because I know there has to be a few of you that are walking through those doors and you come in this weekend and you may be feeling a little discouraged. Maybe you've had setbacks. Maybe you're feeling a little down or you're singing the same song I was singing, you know, no one likes me, everybody hates me, I think I'll go eat worms. Maybe you're here this weekend and you're just discouraged. Well, here's the good news. There's an answer for you. Maybe you just need to set new goals. Let that sink in for a minute. Goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. It is a statement of faith. It focuses my energy. But here's the other thing that it does. It builds our character. It just builds our character. And listen... The greatest benefit to your life over the goals that you're going to set in, your, in the next 50 days, which is the amount of this series, the, the biggest benefit of your life is not going to be the accomplishment alone or the achievements that you acquire because of those goals that you set, but it's going to be what happens inside of you while you're moving towards that goal. You know, God is more interested in your character than he is in your accomplishments, I mean, you're not taking, we know this, you're not taking your success with you to heaven. You're not taking your career or your title to heaven. But you know what you are taking? Your character. So God is more interested in who you are and what you become than he is on anything that you do or your accomplishments or your success. God is basically what I'm telling you, is interested in you. That's why Paul says in, in Philippians, in our key verse, I keep striving toward the goal. That means that it takes energy, that it takes effort. He has to be intentional about it. You know, it takes purpose in order to be able to reach that goal. And God says, while you're doing that, while you're working on that goal, God is going to build your character. So listen, you're never going to become the man or woman of God that God intends you to be unless you intend to be that person. And I know most of you guys are already thinking, you know what, this is not new to us. We set goals in life. 
all the time. I know that in this church we have business owners and business leaders, and this is not new to you. But what I'm speaking to you about today is not just about setting personal goals, but setting goals by faith. By faith, there is a difference. I'm going to tell you the difference There's this, with the story that, that is recorded in the Bible in Luke. You know, there was, it's about a man who was very successful who decided to build bigger barns and store his surplus. He see, he had so much that he says, my goal is that to build something bigger, and after that, I'm going to take like Feezy, I'm going to drink and be merry. And he was basically getting ready for retirement is really what he was doing. And he was probably thinking, you know, work hard, play hard, right? He was probably thinking, I have so much money, I can start a bank. But you guys want to know what the Bible calls this guy? I'm going to read it to you from Luke chapter 12, verse 20. But God said to him, you fool. When I read that, when I was studying this, I mean, it hit me. It just, I mean, it hit me hard because I'm there striving towards things and all kinds of things. And and I read this and God is saying, you fool. In the case of this man, he says, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? So, folks, there's a big difference between setting personal goals to setting personal goals by faith. Not every goal is a good goal. Not every goal is is something that God is going to bless. And you might be thinking right now, what's the difference between setting personal goals and setting personal goals by faith, right? Good, because I want to tell you. The way you know the difference between setting those personal goals to setting personal goals by faith is you ask yourself, I came up with three questions. You ask yourself three questions. There may be more. You might want to add them to your list. And these are the kind of goals that God blesses. Ask yourself, first, will it honor God? That is the first question that you ask. Will this goal honor God? And what kind of goal would honor God? What kind of goal brings glory to God? Any goal that causes you to trust him more, any goal that causes you to depend on him more, any, any goal that requires him, basically, is going to be something that, that's going to create some unselfishness in ourselves and that those things tend to honor God. Those are going to be good goals. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, God paid the price for you. We sang about this morning. Jesus paid it all. That's why we have that cross. And as he does that and as he, and as he did that for you, then the next question is, he says, so use your body to honor God. And the question is, are you using your body to honor God? Or are you using your body, meaning your intellect, your abilities, your gifts, are you using your body for your own pleasure or for your own selfish ambitions? Because it's telling us here to use your body to honor God. So that's the first question, is does it honor God? The second question that you want to ask yourself to be able to set a goal by faith is it motivated by love? That is the second question you ask when you set a goal in whatever it is, in your finances, in your health, in your relationship. Is it motivated by love? Because, folks, I'm going to tell you, God is not going to bless any goals that are motivated by greed. When you say, you know, I I just want to make as much money as I can. God is not going to bless any goals that are motivated by competition. Like, oh, I just want to start as many companies and beat that company. God is not going to bless any goals motivated by envy, grief, or, or grudges. 
He's not going to honor goals that, that are built on worry, fear, or anxiety. Or God is not going to bless any goals that, that's motivated by materialism or ego or pride. But when you set a goal out of love and you say, God, I want to do this because I love you and I love others, and God's going to honor that because it's all about love. And that's what we learned about last week, right? That our life mission is to love other people. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 says, everything you do must be done with love. And that means everything, not just when you deal with family or people you like. That means everything. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, love must be your highest goal. Folks, that should be our number one priority, our number one goal in life, to learn to really love, to learn to love the unlovely people, the loveless, the unloved, to learn to love the people that are hard to love. Because if we don't have that as a priority, what's going to happen in the absence of that love, in our goals, it's going to cause us to treat people like projects. And what happens when we do that is we tend to run over people and we tend to run over our spouses and our friends and our coworkers because we're just trying to work our way through our goals and in the case of business, up the, up the corporate ladder. And God says, you know, you have it all wrong. It's not about the accomplishments. It's about the relationships. It's about learning how to love. So you ask yourself, is it built on love? Is it motivated by love? And the third question that you would ask yourself is, will it depend on God? Here's a big question to ask yourself. Will this require depending on God? You guys remember I said earlier, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, if you don't have a goal that requires faith, then it's not a pleasing to God kind of goal. Romans 14 says, everything that doesn't come from faith is sin. So if you have a goal that is so small that it doesn't require faith, the Bible says that it's a sin. Because whatever is not a faith in the Bible, it says that it's sin. Now look at what Proverbs says. We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. And I love this message paraphrase. You know, this series is about to just help you have the rest of your life be the best of your life. We get to plan the way we want to live. But it's only, only God gives that power. Only God is going to give you that energy. Only God is going to give you the ability to actually do it, to be able to make that transformation. And we're going to need God's Spirit in us. Folks, the kind of stuff we're talking about and the kind of things that you're thinking about now that you want to make changes on in your life and the kind of goals that require big dreams, it's really going to require God's Spirit in us to empower us. We're going to need God's Word to guide us. We're going to need each other. We're going to need to be here every Sunday. We're going to go to our small groups. We're going to be as a church, and that's what we need. We're going to need our life support system. But look, folks, as I prayed through this and as Larry and I prayed through this whole series, I believe that this is going to be an awesome journey for all of us. It's going to be fun and it's going to be just a fun watching to watch, I mean, to see all of these changes in our lives. But it only happens if and only if we decide to do it. But if you do it, as we always pray, you'll never be the same person that walked in through those doors because you're going to be a better you. 
And you know what it starts with? It starts with one change. It starts with one step. It starts with one goal. So what I encourage you to do right now is all of you guys have a commitment card that we gave out to you as you walked in through those doors. And what we're going to ask you to do over the coming weeks is to take this card. And for today, I want you to just review it briefly. But then you're going to take this card home. And I want you to do a couple of things. Number one, I want you to pray about it. Just pray about what God would reveal to you just by looking at this commitment card. The second thing, I want you to set some goals, some personal goals by faith, according to these three questions that you're going to answer for yourself, about what God would have you do in that area. And third, just pray about what God would reveal to you that I have, about anything that I haven't spoken about right now. Folks, this is going to be an amazing series, and I just want you to go home and take what God says in his word seriously. What would he have you do? What would you dream about if there was no limitations? And then we're going to be talking about the specific task in the coming weeks and adding maybe adding more to these goals, but for now, all I want you to do is to take it home and pray about it. And as we do that, I pray that God would be faithful in what he's asking us to do and that he would bless your life and that he would bless it abundantly. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We're always grateful to you, Lord. We put you above all else, above everything else, Lord. Lord, we already know that you're going to be doing some amazing things in the midst of us. And as all of us, we begin this journey. As all of us get in our bikes and start our, our journey of life with you. Lord, I know that lives are going to be changed and families are going to be strengthened and marriages are going to be saved and friendships will be formed. Lord, I know that miracles are going to happen and are happening. Lord, so I just thank you for working in people's hearts this morning. I know you have a perfect plan for them, Father. And even now as you speak to them, and if you feel that God is asking you to, uh, revealing anything to you at this moment, then I just want you to just um, pray this in your heart and say, God, I give you permission to change whatever needs to be changed in my life. Pray that again. God, I give you permission to change whatever needs to be changed in my life. God, I give you permission to change whatever needs to be changed in my life. Lord, and I pray that over the next weeks that you will permanently transform all of our lives, that you would make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.